Welcome to In The Room, the Vital Leadership Podcast. Vital Church is a multicultural, bilingual church located in McAllen, Texas. Visit our website, vitalchurch.com, where you'll find links to all our media platforms. For now, sit in the room with us as Pastor Carla leads the conversation, Pastor Charlie adds commentary, and the Vital Church staff provides input and feedback on topics of church ministry, leadership, vision, culture, and more. We also sprinkle in a little Spanish, a little humor, and some storytelling. Let's get in the room. Good morning once again. Morning. It's good to see everybody. We're thankful for you guys. You're an amazing team. We're thankful for our listeners. This new dynamic with the podcast, yes. people get to listen in. Carla's subject today, I think, is important as it is every week. And we're going to talk a little bit about retaining volunteers. Yes. Uh, one aspect of leadership is obviously recruiting and surrounding yourself with a team. But one of the big challenges in leadership is how do you keep those people? How do you keep people following you? How do you keep people from uh, leaving or getting discouraged or burning out and things like that? So without further ado, Carla. Yes. Good morning, everybody. Our conversation this morning is how to retain volunteers. And the reason we chose this topic this morning is because this is one of the most common questions that my husband and I get asked by other leaders, by other pastors. And as I was trying to condense it, I realized there are so many layers over this topic, yeah. over this conversation. And I did my absolute best just to get the, you know, the most important parts of what we would have wanted to share this morning because obviously we don't have a lot of time. Maybe we'll do it in two parts. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. But we wanted to share a few key things that have worked for us. So we just pray that whatever we can share that is going to bless you, you know, take it. And first of all, I want to make a distinction. Here in our church, we have two groups of people that make the dream happen. Mm -hmm. The first group is everybody that's here, most of you that are here, which is our hired staff. So we have full-time and part-time staff. And then the other group is our volunteers. For our full-time staff, for our hired staff, there are completely different expectations, right? The bar is a little higher, you know? There are a little more expectations, a little more detail, a little more specifics. But overall, these two teams are the teams that are essential for the church to make the dream work. And we are so thankful. We are so thankful for our volunteers, for our staff. Shout out to so, yes. Yeah, good job, volunteers. A lot of them are listening. <laughs> yes, Good. a lot of you are listening. And, and thank you for listening. We are so thankful for your lives. They're the real reason why we did this podcast. Yes, and, uh, that, that is so true. We wanted our volunteers to be in the room with us, and then from there it evolved, and now it's public. But uh, yeah, shout yes, out again to the volunteers. They are inspiration. You are inspiration for doing this podcast. Absolutely. So I went on and looked for the best definition I possibly could on what a volunteer is. And so... It's pretty simple. A volunteer is a, an individual who donates his or her time and effort for a cause or organization without being paid. And they do it because they believe in a cause. And obviously, as a church, we believe in the Great Commission. And our volunteers, praise God, they're in it with us, in the same heart, with the same desire you know, to preach the gospel and bring the lost to Christ. And so we're thankful because as I think about volunteers, you know, they sacrifice time with family. 
They sacrifice leisure time. They sacrifice so much. You know, I made it a point this past Sunday as I was walking in different areas. But I made it a point as I was walking around to observe our volunteers in, in the different areas. I'm not going to lie, but I saw everybody smiling and, and happy and cheerful. And that made me happy and cheerful. And I just could feel like the Lord looking down at us. And he was cheerful. And that is so awesome. It's awesome not not just to have volunteers, but to have volunteers that are joyful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So thank God once again. So some things that we're going to mention, whether you're hired or you're just giving of your time, some things are going to apply to both groups. Some will just apply to volunteers. But here are a few things I wrote down. Like I said, this topic has so many layers. So the deeper stuff... I'm going to leave it for another day. But even though this stuff is, is a little more basic, it's also so, so important and yes. crucial. So here we go. Um, we've talked about, specifically in episode three, the importance of equipping the team. Okay? Yes. We've talked about how important it is that as leaders, as pastors, or whatever areas you're covering, that you provide resources for your team. Give them things to build on, right? When you offer a good foundation, you know, you're going to have a higher probability that whatever is being built over that strong foundation is going to be lasting. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that particular point, but I did want to mention the importance of equipping your team. So go back and listen to episode three if you have time. But the second thing that I, that I want to mention is prevent burnout. Most of our volunteers serve on what we call a rotation. So they serve one week, and then the other week, you know, they have that time off and they rest. I think we've been doing this ever since we reached a 50 volunteer mark. Right about there, yeah. Right about 50 volunteers, and the size of our congregation was about 200. Uh, yeah, maybe 200. So when we got to about the size of a 200, we had about 50 volunteers. Yeah. So we started rotating our volunteers. This includes our band, our ushers, our parking team. I was looking back and I was thinking, we started off with about two people or three in the parking team. Mm -hmm. I remember when we had our first vision conference, our parking leader came and said, hey, give us a shout out in vision conference. We need, we need more volunteers in our parking team. Vision conference is where we, where we recruit volunteers. Right. For clarity. But yeah, for clarity. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, he was like, promote us. Promote <laughs> us. We need, we need help. Yeah, and it was about three men. And even though it was just three of them, man, they gave it their all every single time. And now, you know, fast forward to, to today, I don't even know how many members we have in the parking team, but they're a healthy group. They're a joyful group. They're contagious. It's funny because they were probably the one group that nobody wanted to volunteer for. Why? Because, yep. you know, if you've never been in the South Texas heat, you would not understand. <laughs> in the summer, I mean, being in the parking team... Is tough. I think God loves us so much down here in South Texas. He gave us a taste of hell so that we would never want to go there. And so we were having a hard time uh, recruiting volunteers for the parking team. And when we started doing the vision conferences, yes, it started with like, hey, pastors, promote us, give us a shout out. But then they started really going all out. 
Let me explain for those listening what our vision conference looks like. It looks a lot like a job fair. Uh, people come in, we give them some leadership, we give them some vision, culture, talks, or sessions, and then we allow them to visit the different stations and see if they're uh, passionate about that particular area of ministry, and they can sign up right then and there. And so they started really going all out. They would bring in like cakes and <laughs> desserts, like their whole table was full of desserts. And if you came to even ask a question, you had a right to a dessert. <laughs> and then people started kind of, uh, the other areas started kind of like not wanting to lag behind. So now our vision conference, it's there's treats, there's gifts, there's, you know, uh, favors. Uh, what's that? It's the battle of the tables. Yeah, they had a veggie tray for those that were protecting their diet or whatever, or watching their diet. Yeah. I remember one year they actually had, because they use the golf cart cake. now. Beautiful. And they, it was a golf cart. It was a cake. It was, it, was, it was crazy. But now I think the parking team is like one of the most popular areas of service here at church. Yes. They also started doing like their fellowships, you know, like cooking out and just hanging out together outside of church hours. And so that's really created a brotherhood. That's just a one example of how we can get creative in recruiting and retaining uh, volunteers. I just want to clarify that for Vision Conference, we do provide donuts, right? For like everybody. The, for everybody, for every table <laughs> and coffee. But they wanted to step it up because they're like, we need people, right? Yeah. And so yeah. now, you know, they don't know where to hide the cake because they're like, we're good, we're good. No, they're, they're always open to receiving new recruits. And I don't know how we got to <laughs> the dessert we, situation, we, but... Oh, yeah, and you were, that's you were right. talking about the parking team, how they asked for a shout-out at Mission Conference. <laughs> Rodrigo, you were going to say something. Yo creo que eso también habla mucho de liderazgo de... Cada ministerio, o sea, demuestran el corazón que tienen por la gente. Al, o sea, a mí me hablaban, hey, Rodrigo, hay espacio, puedes ponerme dos mesas porque llevamos eh, pan dulce, pasteles, yeah. eh, o sea, folletos. Hasta una televisión un día trajeron para poner videos de lo que ellos hacían y explicar. Sí, yo, creo Rescate. que tiene mucho que ver el líder en el departamento para retener un poco la gente. That's, that's so true. Thank you. So, Rodrigo was saying that when you have people in a capacity that are able to recruit, that are able to attract, that's going to go a long way towards retaining volunteers. And that's a reflection, you said, of the leadership as a whole. Yeah. Abraham. One of the things that I really admired about the church culture when I came here, and I think it's something that we have to remind each other that we need to stress. We need to encourage people to be able to take time out without them feeling guilty or guilted into overworking. Right. It's something that sometimes is not very common in many churches. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to get out of that mentality. Uh, Charlie, you've mentioned it before. Well, if they're doing it for God, why do we have to thank them? If they're doing it for God, then why do we have to tell them to, to be careful? Uh, they should know. Uh, they sh it's understood. Uh, things like that. But Charlie's always mentioned it. You know what? They could be, they could be volunteering anywhere else. Mm -hmm. But they chose to be able to run with your vision. Correct. Mm -hmm. So as church leaders, as staffers, we need to be okay with people uh, being able to say, hey, you know what? Can you give me a couple of weeks? They're, I'm going through something. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And that be encouraged and then us follow up with them. Th yes. That's another thing is like, hey, are you doing all right? Is yes. there anything that we can help you with? Yes. When we fail to do that, 
we lose volunteers. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we lose people mm-hmm. because the ones that tend to volunteer all the time, uh, they love it. Yes. <laughs> but those are the people that are most susceptible to burning out. It's true. Yeah. Because they have a really hard time saying no. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's their nature. Yes. Yeah. And it's easy for a church to ride them. I just want to emphasize that we've mentioned it before that everybody here, before you were paid staff, you were volunteers. Right. You've been in this position before, you know, in this subject that we're you can speaking relate. about. So you can relate. And there are some ministries that will not rotate at times, but the ultimate goal is people to serve in a rotation. And yes. let me get a little deeper with this point. Uh, we try our very best. All of you here are witnesses to this. We try our very best to protect your time with family because we believe that strong families translate to strong churches and strong churches translate to strong communities. Amen. We've stressed it enough where we say, hey, as staff, you're in a different standard. But once a month, you know, sit down and receive, sit with your family at least once a month. And I know that some of you who have done that feel weird because you're like, I'm supposed to be doing something, right? But when you're sitting there, you are doing something. You're replenishing. You're avoiding, you know, falling into burnout. And it's very important to us that your families don't feel like you serving is affecting the marriage or the home. The Maris was with me recently. She was with me in a meeting last week where I was stressing this to one of our leaders. I was asking, how is your family? How do they feel about you serving? Are they okay? Are you in a healthy place? Because I never want your family to feel vital church caused my marriage to suffer, my family to suffer. I said that would be the most heartbreaking thing that I would ever want to hear. Right. And it was so awesome to hear, no, we're great. You know, my wife is great. My kids are great. We're doing great. But that's one of the reasons why we try to protect people from burnout, like from serving week after week after week. Well, to have somebody serve the church at the expense of fellowship with their marriage partner or their family, and if it begins to affect that, that's counterproductive to our vision. That's right. So you don't want to have a system in place that somebody's marriage is suffering because we're demanding so much from them or we're guilting them into serving God, like Abraham said. They can serve anywhere else. And so we have to be mindful of that. Again, another thing that we need to keep in mind, those of us that are paid, is mm-hmm. that not everybody's in our position. And sometimes we want people to run with the same pace and the same passion, but they're not being compensated in the same way. They're doing after hours. So by the time they show up here, they come I mean, from we're work. focused 100% on what's going on here. They're split between everything they just faced during their day and then they came here or everything they faced during the week and then they came here on Sunday. So be mindful of that. One of the uh, key things that we need to remember and we always stress here at Vital Church, we care more about your being than your doing. Mm -hmm. Because if, if you're good, if you're healthy, if you're whole, if you're passionate, if you're strong, then your doing by inertia is gonna be done well. Mm-hmm. The opposite is also true. Even if you have all the desire in the world, if you don't have the health, if you don't have the strength, if you don't have the energy, if you're burned out, no matter how much you still want to serve, you're not going to excel. You're not going to do a great job. 
A question, maybe uh, some of our listeners might have the same question, because I, when we joined the church, it was already a healthy number of people. How did you handle that when you didn't have people? The being careful with the burnout part yeah. of it, you know? One of, one of the things, and I think somebody brought it up just a few minutes ago, is when you're passionate about serving, if there's an area that interests you, you know that saying, if you don't want to work a day in your life, find something that you love doing and you'll never work a day in your life. That's true also in church leadership. When you find people that are passionate about something, this is not 100% foolproof, but I'm saying it's going to be more difficult for them to feel burnt out because they're doing something that they love, which is why we do Vision Conference the way that we do it. Mm -hmm. We don't just assign people, hey, I think you'd be good for this. I think you'd be good for an usher. I think you'd be good for uh, our Love Without Borders outreach team. I think you'd be good for our children's ministry. We want it to come from them. Yeah. What area are you passionate about? Because if we can connect you to an area that you're already passionate about, then uh, we're going to help you and you're going to help us. And on the practical side, when we had less than 50 volunteers, we limited the amount of events that we were having. Yes. Because if you're having a Sunday, a two Sunday services and you're having a weekly service, you're already committing that group. Yeah. And then if you want to add on top of that event after event after event, you're going to burn out the people. Yes. You have to consider that these people have families, full-time jobs. Even in the initial stages, we had a good group of volunteers that were very faithful. When I say good group, it's not in number. I said they, they were faithful. They were loyal. They were in it, passionate. They would ask, what else do you need, Pastor? Yeah. Whatever you need. And at the time, we needed somebody to clean the church. <laughs> but we felt we cannot overload our volunteers. Yeah. They are not getting paid at the time. So my husband and I cleaned the church. Yeah. You might ask, you know, pastor was cleaning the church. Yes, my husband would help me sweep, mop while I was doing the restrooms and everything else. Think of that for your people. You get tired, they get tired. Yes. You wish somebody told you, great job. They want to hear that too. If you have a small group, don't burn them out by expecting so much, you know, event after event. So now we're at a different place. We, we have a lot more help. We have a bigger team. And of course, you know, we do more outreach. But even at this level, we're always checking up on you and saying, yeah, even how now, are you doing? At some point or another, we've told every one of you, at some point, at some moment, hey, go home. <laughs> like, you've been here too long. You've put too many hours today. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> go home. Right? And sometimes yeah, we can that's see... That's enough of that. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes we can see it in your faces. I know I overheard Carla the other day telling somebody, hey, we're trying not to open the church on Saturday. So try to get everything done uh, before Friday. It's not us trying to be complicated. It's us, hey, enjoy your Saturday. Yes. Go spend time with your family. Another thing that we have to mention is those uh, marriages where the wife or the husband, if the other person is serving, it's like, again, you're going to go again? They're asking you to come in again? Oh, they're giving yeah. you more work? Yeah. And believe it or not, yep. those things, we have to mention them, can affect not only the marriage, but it's going to affect the person you don't want to be the one provoking fights at home, you know what I mean? Because, again, that's counterproductive to our vision. I know Paola was going to say something. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pastor, because you take care of us, you take care of the volunteers and also the church. Pero me puedo relacionar mucho con este tema porque fui una de las personas que no sabía 
decir no uh -huh. cuando llegué a Vital. Y en Kids Worship llegó un punto en que me cansé porque era todos los domingos. Uh -huh. no, no sabía decir no. Era sí, sí, yo puedo, yo puedo, yo puedo. Y lo hacía aparte porque es una pasión mía. Uh -huh. Pero más que eso, era porque veía la necesidad. Uh -huh. Pero también como voluntarios tenemos que ver que es una línea muy arriesgada entre que te vas a quemar y vas a cansarte y luego ya no vas a querer regresar, ya uh -huh. no vas a querer volver a servir. Por ejemplo, a los niños, ¿y cómo vas a proyectar si no wow. estás llena? Thank you, Pao. Let me summarize Pao's comment uh, real quick. So, she says that when she showed up to Vital Short, she didn't know how to say no. She was very passionate about children, but she says that in her process as a volunteer, she too experienced burnout. She always wanted to do it. She always saw the need, and she never took a break. And then it was a difficult area for her, mm -hmm. especially because with children, you have to project joy. You have to yeah. project energy. Mm -hmm. It was almost impossible to do without proper rest. And part of the rotations is not just the rest, but actually getting fed spiritually. Because mm -hmm. just as we need... To feed ourselves physically, we need to feed ourselves spiritually. Just as we need rest physically, we need to rest in the presence of God mm -hmm. spiritually. So great, great comment. Sarah Nye, is, uh, her and her husband are worship pastors. So um, I was thinking about uh, what Pastor Carla had said about uh, strong families translate to strong churches. And um, I think this year, 2022, we'll, we'll celebrate seven years being here at church. When we finally got into rotation, um, I love that. There were Sundays where I could worship with my daughter in my arms or right next to our son. Those are moments that I'll treasure forever. Wow. Um, those are moments that I will probably hold dear to my heart uh, more than leading thousands of people in worship. It's spending those intimate moments in worship with our, with our family side by side. So now in our role as worship pastors, um, that's something that we try to consider of the families that serve, yes. especially those who are the spouses. It's one of the spouses that serve or... The kids serve, but the parents don't. Mm. Um, so on a Sunday morning, when you look out and you see an entire family that could easily be serving, yes. um, they're worshiping together yes. in one of the rows or spouses holding hands during worship or uh, just those moments where they're able to worship together. I praise God for that because I know that that's good for them, just like it is good for us. And even to this day, like although we're worship pastors, we still schedule ourselves yeah off stage mm -hmm. so that we can have those moments of worship together as a family because strong families um, contribute to strong churches. Amen. And to add to that, uh, Sarah, I'd love to see uh, you worshiping with ZK, which is your daughter. Yes. I call her beauty. Um, and so I've, I've taken pictures of Sarah while she's worshiping with her daughter and I'll send them to her and I'll tell them this is a, this just blessed me today, you know? And it's very important for us. Your first ministry is your family. Yes. Let me add something real quick that Abraham just texted me. And it's a very powerful truth. In a job, your company values you by your salary. As a volunteer, your church values you by respecting your time. That's so true. Time is currency so for volunteers. Yep. Time is currency That's for volunteers. And well we said. need to be mindful of that. Another way that you respect people's time is as a leader, be punctual. If you told them, I'm going to keep you an hour, Keep it an hour. If, if you told them you have an appointment at such time, then honor that. Amen. Be flexible with them because they're volunteers, but you be as strict on yourself as possible 
because you're honoring, you're respecting their time. The other reason why we do rotations is because we want to keep our volunteers motivated and passionate. Paola said it perfectly. When they're volunteering every week, every week, and they don't get a break, it becomes a burden in a bad way. You know, like it becomes like I'm doing it because I have to. I'm not doing it because I'm passionate anymore. It's like I have to do it. And so when you give people breaks, you keep them motivated, you keep them excited. We even get volunteers that come up to you all because you all have told me this. You all have told me, what do I do, Pastor? Because I have volunteers that tell me they want to be serving every week. Don't sit me down. I want to serve. And so, but it's the same response I give to all of you. Nope. Keep them on a rotation. And then some go to the next level, some are volunteers. Okay, so I'm going to sign up in another ministry. I was about to say that. It's funny that (laughs) they find a way. Like, they they (laughs) They try to find a way, but then leaders like, okay, he's serving in that ministry, and then the other Sunday, I saw him in your ministry, so what is happening? (laughs) They find the loopholes. Pastor David Gomez, uh, my personal ministry coach, and he coaches some of you guys in the room, he says something that's so true that happens so often in churches. People say, Lord, use me, Lord, use me. And then the church will appoint them, you know, a position as volunteers. And then they end up saying at some point, I feel used. (laughs) But believe it or not, the humor is as good as the reality, right? People start off with such a good heart. But if you don't take care of them, at some point, they're going to feel used. And nobody likes to feel used. Not even Jesus. You know, he said, hey. There's going to come a day where a lot of people are going to say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. These were people that were using the name of Jesus, but they never had a relationship with him. Mm. And so as leaders, we can't just use people. We have to have a relationship. And out of that relationship, there's that communication. Listen to people. Listen to what they're going through. Listen to their challenges. And that's going to give you wisdom and discernment and insight as to how you need to involve them. When, where, how, when they need a break. All of those things are going to go a long way. Mm-hmm. Paola. Y también creo que algo muy importante es que perdí mi enfoque. Perdí mm-hmm. el por quién lo estaba haciendo. Yeah. Se volvió mi pasión. Se volvió wow. el que había necesidad. Pero quité mi mirada hacia que lo que estaba haciendo en mi servicio era hacia Dios. Come yeah. on, that's such Entonces, a good point. She's saying that as passionate as she was, at some point she lost focus. And her service became more about fulfilling her own passion and she had to come to a point mm-hmm. where it's like wait I'm not doing this for me I'm doing yes. it for the Lord powerful y, y es chistoso porque Rodrigo ahorita lo menciono los voluntarios y me incluyo <laughs> yo misma también quiero aprender nuevas áreas parte de eso es porque como líder quiero crecer para depositar mm-hmm. todo lo so que good. sé hacia otras personas porque como les digo no soy para siempre right, no sé right. cuándo Dios me va a llamar o no o, o me vaya a mover a, 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 o te a, vas a, a casar oh, no, no sé <risa> este no eh, es como que pues no sé tengo que preparar a todas esas personas que están a mi lado so Paus uh, referencing what Rodrigo mentioned earlier that there's those volunteers that they find the loopholes right we put them on rotations we tell them to rest And the next thing you know, they're serving in two or three ministries so that they're always busy. Mm -hmm. Pao says, uh, I'm that person. She says, but 
on my end, now that I'm full-time staff, I feel like, okay, one thing is my, my paid role, and another thing is my service um, to the Lord. Yes. Uh, but she realizes that this is not going to last forever, so that she does it because she wants to grow in different areas, mm-hmm. to be able to contribute, to make deposits in different areas and different volunteers, different Last leaders. week I had a conversation with her. I'm like, Pao, hold on. Calm down. <laughs> go ahead. So I just want to go off of what Paola said a little bit. As someone who was here when church was planted, as someone who was, I guess, one of the first volunteers, mm-hmm. I feel like I did suffer, I guess, a burnout yeah. at mm-hmm. a certain point sure. because I'm the type of person that says, hey, if, I, if you need help, I'm going to say yes. I, mm-hmm. Like Paola said, I don't know how to say no. <laughs> and that's something that I'm learning currently still. But as someone who was for literally two years doing multiple ministries where I was volunteering. I was live stream media, prayer team, engaged leadership. I was in everything and I wanted to be in everything because to a certain point, I wanted to show God like, hey, I'm here. I want to be here. I want to help you. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can attest to what Pastor Carla is saying. She does go to you and say, hey, are you okay? It yeah. got to a certain point where I wasn't here on time for prayer. Pastor Carla was like, hey, do you need a break? Do you, right. do you need help? Like what's going on? Right. And I spoke to her and I was like, hey, okay, um, I'm burned out. Yeah. I don't have the energy and the passion that I used to have for it. It came to a point where it was more of, I want to get it done right. yeah. more than, hey, it's serving God yeah. kind of thing. And that's another good point, Carla. The way that you lead those conversations of accountability. I've been in the room when you do that. And I've also been in the room with other types of leaders. That if you show up late, they reprimand you right away without asking (laughs) why. There might be a good reason. There's some context behind that. And I love how Carla, she leads with, hey, okay, you were late, but are you okay? Did Mm -hmm. something happen? Is something going on? And so rather than scolding you, you know, I think she's demonstrating we care about your being, again, more than just your doing. Because, again, nobody likes to feel used. If a leader never asks about your well-being and it's all about your performance, then you're going to feel used. I don't question that all of you here, the people listening, you care about the people that you lead. But you, we need to be intentional about expressing that and making sure that they know. I'm not just using you. This is your service unto God or this is your service unto the organization. But we genuinely care about you. I want to add a little more to that because as paid staff, we have a little bit of a higher expectation for you all. And... Liz, you know, she's the one that handles like people coming in on time and things like that. And there have been times where she'll come and say, hey, pastor, this person was late. And then I say, you know what, let's talk to that person because that's very unlike them. Mm. So the first thing I'll do is like, hey, you know, what happened? Are you okay? I'm never like, no, well, too bad. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and she'll tell me because she knows too. When I sit with her, it's not like, you know, Liz, be hard on them, come down on them. Well, sometimes I'm like, Liz, no. We just want to keep volunteers passionate. Yes. So even though, you know, some insist on serving in different areas, it's not coming from our requirement right. or us pressuring them. That's completely on They them. can't say it's pastor's fault. Oh, yeah. It's the church fault. They're yeah. demanding too much of me. Um, and you know what? On that same point, there are people who require more attention than others. Mm -hmm. There's some people that they're on automatic and they don't need you to communicate as much because they know what they're doing. They they know how to stay in their lane. They don't need you to celebrate them all the time. Like that's just their character. Mm -hmm. And then there's people that do need you to spend time with them. They feel valued Mm -hmm. by your time. 
you know, hey, pastor, you know, I just wish we could spend a little bit more time with you. And mm -hmm. it's difficult because, you know, here we are leading close to 2,000 people. If I were uh, having lunch with everybody or visiting everybody's homes, I'd be on my way to somebody's house right now. Um, <laughs> but finding those key moments or when somebody expresses that, then, hey, take some time to fellowship, to talk, to communicate mm -hmm. beyond just their role at uh, the church, if it's possible. Yep. And okay, let's let's go on. This is more I think interesting you're right. than I thought. I think we're gonna have to do like another <laughs> two parts. another session because this is this is a really good topic. So I think we're gonna stop there, guys, because it's a very rich conversation, <laughs> and I think we're gonna have to continue next week. So thank you again to all of our listeners for being with us, and we'll continue this on the next podcast. We hope you enjoyed being in the room with the leadership team at Vital Church. We pray that whatever takeaways you got from our time together will enrich your life, your leadership, and your spiritual walk. Remember to visit our website, vitalchurch.com, for all things Vital Church, and to follow this podcast so that you can join us for the next episode of In the Room.